Welcome to Peds in a Podcast, where our team of specialists shares with you tips on all things health and development for your little ones. My name is Leanne Tran, and I'm one of the psychologists here at Peds in a Pod. Today I'm joined by Sarah Nicholas, a speech and language pathologist at Peds in a Pod. Have you ever wondered about whether your child's language is where it should be? There's such a wide range of normal, it can be really tricky for parents to know. Sarah's here to talk about how kids develop language, how you can help, and when you might need to seek professional help. I hope you enjoy our discussion. Thanks for joining me again, Sarah. Uh, you're, I've brought you here today because you're a speech and language pathologist. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I had some questions that I think would be helpful for parents to know. Yeah. It's about communication uh, in general. So how is communication developed in kids? Well, I would say communication is the most wonderful thing out of everything that children develop. Um It starts so very, very early. So as soon as a child is born, they are able to recognise their parent's voice just because their mother's been carrying them for the nine months. And so it's just an amazing thing that kids do, that they can look towards their parents as soon as they're little, little babies. Um, And that first year of life, even though kids aren't talking, they're doing so much to um, communicate. So they're learning joint attention, is looking at their their parent, looking over at things that they love and looking back at their parent to share that enjoyment. They're beginning to make sounds, but before that, they're actually learning to eat. And that eating actually sets up your muscles to be able to make your first sounds. So feeding is so, so important and the development of that. And then you're learning to make sounds and play with it and have fun. Um, You're taking turns. So just in that first year there's so much going on and sometimes families are like oh there's not much going on but they're taking so much in Mm -hmm. um so by the first year um around the first birthday we are expecting kids to be saying a couple of words it does take a little bit longer and you don't need to be concerned if it's taking a little bit longer for your child um but say between 12 and 15 months we're starting to hear mum and dad we're starting to hear a couple of words that are really important to your child like say um, a sibling name or a pet name mm-hmm. or something like more very social things it's not usually labeling it's more to do with more or uh-oh or fun things that right. kids are saying um, so that happens sort of between the 12 and 15 months age do you want me to keep going through the there's quite a lot of development that goes on yeah I did have some questions about yeah. I guess what's a broad overview of typical um, communication development but I did just want to reflect that it sounds more like uh, so I learned something about the eating is what sets up the muscles for language and that kind of thing but it sounds like too it's not communication is much more than just the speech as well so kids from a young age are starting with that communication even if it's not yeah. And yet. communication is fun. If it's not fun, kids aren't really that keen to communicate. Right. So the fun and play is so, so important for communication. It's probably really 
we kind of have building blocks towards getting to talking and talking's right at the top of what we do. So first we pay attention to others. So we're paying attention to mum and dad, we're paying attention to our brothers and sisters. Um, and then we develop some play skills and some social interaction skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, then we start to understand what, our, and that's that first year. Kids are learning to understand in that first year so right. many words before we get to talking. So those foundation skills, really happen in those first few years of life and you build upon those so clearly your attention when you're little as a baby isn't as strong as your attention when you're three or four but it's a building block towards talking and better talking right and so then how um can you give us an overview of what kind of typical development Mm. is like beyond that yeah kind of into early yeah. childhood and so I mentioned that so at around one, 12 to 15 months we're getting our first words some kids there's a very big difference between what kids do in those early years and things tend to come together a little bit later right. so some kids at our late talking group may not say their first words till closer to two mm-hmm. um there's certainly kids we'd like to meet um, just to make sure the other building blocks that I spoke about, attention, play, social comprehension, are just established because really if they're established, usually those um, kids will become our late bloomer group. So they'll develop talking but a bit later and we've both had one of those in our family. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> your firstborn and my both children right. were late bloomers in yeah. their talking. Um, they're fantastic talkers now all of them, but uh, they did take a little bit more time. So by um, two, the expectation for most kids is that we're starting to put two words together. So things like um, mummy work or daddy gone or um, want biscuit. So something like that. It doesn't have to be amazing, but you know, it's not complex, but they're understanding things, two words together, like Mum, um, mum might say, or dad might say, can you put the your plate on the sink? So that's right. two parts together they have to understand, mm-hmm. and they can do that. So that's by two years. So understanding, you know, simple sentences, simple directions, and starting to use two words together. Now, of course, there's great variation in that again. So some of our two-year-olds are still um, just just getting that or just saying lots of single words. You need about 50 single words before you put two words together. So okay. give your child some time. It's okay. This is a marathon. It's not, you know, a race to the finish line. We just, as long as we're progressing with language, it's okay. Okay. So can I just ask I'm a question to there? Two. I go so oh, sorry. Slowly. No, no. <laughs> That's okay. I just had a question about what, whether there's things parents can do to um, help develop that because that's something parents often worry if their children are one of those kind of late talkers or something, what what can they do to encourage the language? So I get a lot of parents that are coming in around that two age with our late talkers. Um, So for me... It's if your child is a late talker and they are around the two age and they don't have many words, it is useful to come and speak to a speech pathologist. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because like we were talking about that progression, we just want to check everything and just make sure other things aren't getting in the way of them learning to talk. So um, for the kids that have 
good attention, play, social communication. So that's that. I want to interact with you, mum and dad. I want to show you stuff. I want to play together. For those kids, um, probably the most important things are first to make sure you're face to face with your child as much as you can when you're mm-hmm. communicating. So making sure you're at that, their level. The next thing is to try and follow their lead in play because we talked about how communication needs to be really fun. If it's not fun, they're not going to do it. So if we're um, trying to get activities out to teach children, they're less likely to engage than if we follow their lead in play and have fun. Right. So probably less on the can you say cat and more on the let's play with the animals. Yeah, or what they're pointing at or something. Oh, that's a dog. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, So face-to-face make sure that you're following their lead and having as much fun as you can. And then the other thing that I always talk to families about is trying to ask less questions in that teacher style as well. So instead of when you're playing, say, oh, what's that? Or um, what are you doing? That can really shut down communication for children because they really only have one option and that's to answer and if they don't know the answer then they'll shut off anyway so the more important thing to do is comment as much as you can about what you're doing what your child's doing and then it can really develop a lot of communication they hear a lot of repeated language um, and then the last thing is to give them an opportunity to respond So with late talkers, I find parents are often um, so concerned that they're filling in the gaps and using lots of language and saying, if I talk more, they'll hear more and they'll talk more. But actually, we need to slow right down, wait. So say something and then wait, give them a pause and let them have a chance to say something. And you'd be surprised, even if it's just a sound, the kids light up when they feel like they're being understood. So they would be the main things. Okay, wonderful. So I did interrupt you. No, no, I was. uh, (laughs) That's okay. I could talk for years about communication. Yeah, it's. I can see you're passionate about it. Um, What? So I'll let you go on then from age two. So, so from two, two to three is a really fantastic, explosive time for language um, and play and attention, everything sort of starts to come together between that two and three year age group. So by three years, we're speaking in short sentences. Some kids, again, are speaking in long sentences. Mm -hmm. Um, We're moving from talking about just what's happening right now, so just what I'm playing now, to talking about sharing information. So things that have happened um, when I've been out and about. So kids often share events that have happened with one parent with the other parent right a lot of it doesn't make sense and it's really confusing and you have to fill in the gaps um but they're so excited about sharing information about especially silly things that have happened to nana and granddad they tend to be the hilarious things that they (laughs) like to share about what's happened or siblings um kids between two and three are developing skills to play together Mm -hmm. kids with siblings have a lot of experience doing that but um a lot of kids are still just playing alongside. Um, they're, they're interacting a little bit, but not anywhere near as strong as the three to four year age group. So we by three, we've got short sentences. Three to four, we have another big explosion, but this time it's with language talking now in um, combining sentences together to short form stories. Right. So stories for me are the most important part of life. So even if you think about you and your mates, when you mm. get together... 
you share stories. That's what you do. So being able to sequence a story and being able to tell um, tell your friends your story is part of social interaction. So yeah, kids start yeah. learning that from three. They're putting the stories together. Um, between three and four, they start playing together. And that's why we have kindy between three and four. It's no... Um, Accident. Accident. <laughs> we put kindy at that age group right. because that age group is where kids really start wanting to play together in cooperative games, not just playing alongside and occasionally mentioning something to each other, but really playing together and forming stories together because that's how we play. We go, right. let's pretend that we're going on an adventure and we get our backpacks on and we go into the garden and we collect rocks and things like that. So they're forming a story together. Yeah. So all those foundation skills actually make us into the people we are now that we tell stories and we interact with our friends and have fun. And I'll say the most important thing about the zero to four group is play, 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 play <laughs> and play. Okay. Play, um, uh, teaching kids academic skills in the early years is nowhere near as beneficial in the long term as teaching, well, not you don't need to teach kids, as playing with kids and letting kids play and explore because they're developing attention to each other, they're de developing social interaction, they're developing turn-taking, compromising, negotiating, mm. telling stories, um, singing and being together and all of those things are much more important for developing oral language and oral language is the one of the most important things to get your child ready for school. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I think that you did a good job at explaining how important it is. By <laughs> Sorry. No, no. I just, you I, know, I, I, think, just, I, I just don't think that learning your alphabet is as important as play yeah. in those early years. Um, it's not got the research to say to link into literacy the way that oral language and play and playing with words and making up rhymings, rhyming words and being silly, they're the things that form the foundation for academic development. Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear you say that and I agree with you but I mm. see it from a slightly different point coming from the psychology yeah. angle but I agree that all of those things are what helps kids be ready for school mm. as well. Aside from the oral language development, it is those things like being able to be part of a group and yeah. tune into what the teacher is saying and, um, you know, pay attention to mm. that. That's really mm. important for school mm. as well. Which just so, makes me think we should do one of these about um, getting ready for school. Yes. Yeah, that's a good idea. Coming soon <laughs> is getting ready for school. Yeah. Actually, as you were talking, I was thinking there is a lot of communication yeah. Communication is such a broad and important topic mm. that there are a lot of little, um, you know, smaller specific areas yeah. we could go into. Mm -hmm. And so school uh, school readiness is one, one of those. Things. Yeah. I so, know that's one of the things parents worry about a lot. So yes. I do meet families that are coming in in that kindy year and just saying, I just want to know if things are going okay. Are we tracking along? Um, yeah you know, being ready for school. I've got a baby born in June. Are they ready? That yes, was, that was me. That was I you bringing one. your yes. child to see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. So on that, that's a good point. When I know you've touched on this a little bit about yeah. when kids were around too, but when should parents come and see yeah. a speech pathologist or seek help mm. for 
um, the child's communication. Well, I would say it's even earlier than that. I would say around the 18-month mark, if you feel that your child is not playing with you and keen on interacting with you, bringing toys to show you so that you can play together, um, wanting to start playing pretend type of play Mm -hmm. um, and using a couple of words. If those things aren't there, I think it's a a good time to start thinking about going to see someone. And parents can chat to their GP first about those um, concerns or you can see a speech pathologist um, um, you can see other professionals as well at that point. But that sometimes um, speech pathologists are the first people to see kids because parents are worried about they're not talking, mm. but then underlying that there's some things. So at 18 months, really, you want children, your child to be um, coming up to you, wanting to annoy you all the time with all their exciting toys and objects that for us, you think, Yes, it's a block. It's a block. block. Um, But that's a really, really important thing. So if your child isn't doing that and you feel like um, they're not engaged with you, they're not really responding to their name, that's a good time to come and see someone. Um, By two, if they're not putting two words together and they have very few words, it would be worth just coming to see a speech pathologist just to get some of those tips around how can I Um, play with my child so that I can help them develop language Mm -hmm. Um, and just to check their comprehension and to check a few other things. Um, Moving through the time, um, through as we go up, by three years old, really um, unfamiliar people should be understanding about 50% of what you say. Kids are not clear in what they say. Some kids are. Again, there's that big Range, yeah. Some kids are really clear and they start talking, you're like, wow, they're so clear. But a lot of kids aren't clear and uh, parents are still interpreting for kids. But really about 50% of unfamiliar people should, um, they should understand, sorry, unfamiliar people should understand around 50% of what you're saying at three. That should hit up to 90% when you're four. So if you feel like your child's not being understood by others and there might be some articulation or pronunciation problems it's a good time to come in around the three-year mark um, just so that we can check that Um, of course if your children aren't putting sentences together or stuck at the two-word level or Mm -hmm. feel like they're just not understanding what you're saying again um, between that two and three-year mark it's nice to see kids early so we can um, give some really simple strategies early on to prevent some of that stuff that can develop Um, so between the two and the three um, once you hit three if you're really not intelligible and you're speaking sounds are not clear you can start thinking about coming in as well yeah okay um should I keep going? By, by four, <laughs> I would hope to have met all these children. Yeah, that's what um, I was going to say. That I think also there's a lot of benefit in coming when you are unsure because yeah. you can either get help or you can get reassurance that yeah. it's all okay and it's on track. But like you say, the early intervention is yeah, um, it, a lot Early intervention benef- makes a beneficial. really big difference. Yeah. Kids are like sponges. So if there's a few things that just aren't clicking together and we can change those early, it really does make a big difference. Yeah. Okay. One last question I had was whether, because we've talked a lot today about what the milestones might be and when to seek help, if, mm. if there are any resources you know about for families where they can mm. go and find this mm. information. So the Speech Pathology Australia website um, has a range of fact sheets around okay. early 
children's development, including play, um, speech, which is the articulation side, language, which is the putting sentences together. Mm -hmm. So I would direct most people there. The Raising Children's... um, Network. Yeah, I yeah, think raising, it's, I think yeah. they changed it back to raising children. Okay. Yeah, raising, raising children, children. The website. Um, the website always has great information. Um, or you can obviously look at Peds in a Pod, listen to yeah. our um, information, and we are putting more and more on the blog. So if you have concerns, you can let us know via this podcast, and we can certainly get some information that meets your needs up on the. Yep, on the definitely. We'll put some links to that as yeah. well. So that's great. Okay. Thanks so much. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> it's lovely to talk about communication. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs>